Today, I want to share a story that's a bit hard to share. It's the rest of a story that I told in posts and in the podcast. A week and a half ago, I rode my bike to my mom's house. The original plan, she lives 100 miles northwest of the city for context. That's by car, and cars can take highways. So by bike, it's 120 miles. Now, the last time I rode 120, uh, over 100 miles in a day was probably in the 80s. I'm almost 50 years old, so it was going to be a big ride. But I knew I could do it. I hadn't counted on how many hills there were, and I hadn't counted on how much more tired I would get. What I shared was that I made it about at about 50 miles. I was seven hours in, meaning I was less than halfway there. The ride was about to get more hilly as I was going to leave the Hudson. It was pretty hilly so far. Up until there, I had this awesome Route 9, um, Bicycle Route 9, which goes from the George Washington Bridge to Canada, all the way up the Hudson, well-marked. At this point, I was going to have to turn west, and it was not going to be well-marked, so I was going to have to stop all the time and look at the map. I was looking at 70 miles, more than half to go, more hills, more stopping for directions, more fatigue. So I called my mom, figuring at that point either I'd continue going and I'd go as far as I could and then ask her or my stepfather to come and pick me up in a car. But that would defeat the purpose. I wouldn't feel great getting part of the ride by car. And staying at the house was one thing. As far as I know, I don't have, I don't have coronavirus, but uh, being in the car would be a much tighter space. So that wasn't such a good option. I happened to stop at this point at Bear Run State Park, which was near West Point. I thought, oh, I know two colonels at West Point. Maybe I'd contact them, have lunch. Across the river from there is the Garrison train station. So I could ride across, make it a roughly 60-mile day, take the train back home. Or as I noticed, the map said that I was at the 50-mile mark. And so I took option three, which was to ride back home the same way that I came. And because I'd ride 100 miles, I could call that victory. I declare victory and have a great day riding. Plus, I'd sleep in my own bed, not have to worry about getting my mom and stepfather sick. Seemed like a good option. All right, so I called her up, and that, that's what I decided to do. So I'm riding home. Somewhere around mile 80, I'm getting more and more tired. My stops are longer and longer. The sun is actually starting to set. Oh, and every hill that I'm going uphill at this stage, I'm dropping down into the bike's lowest gear. This is a touring bike, which means it's designed to have a very low, lowest gear. It's almost walking. It's not demoralizing, but it's not pleasant to ride up. I mean, it takes a long time to get up all these hills, and it's bicycle route nine, so there's a lot of bikers out, and they're all passing me by. I'm stopping on these hills for these long breaks, and I have these apples that I'm eating in like three bites because I'm so low on energy. The bike's kind of heavy on its own. It's like 15 years old, and I got stuff in the packs because I was planning on staying at my mom's house for a couple nights. At one point, a biker goes past as I'm stopped, And he looks at me as he's riding by and he says, are you okay? I had a long pregnant pause before I said, yeah, I'm fine. And that pause, I believe, I believe I looked pretty harried at this point. And I think he saw in me that I was not all right. And there was this, in that pause, I think he looked like he was worried. I was going to say, yeah, I'm in trouble. I didn't. I just paused and said, yeah, I'm all right. And he stuck his thumb up and was like, great, glad to hear you're good to go. And he kept going. I was worried at this point. I'd passed the last train station to catch a train station back to the city. The part here is parallel to the Palisades, so there's no traffic around. I mean, there's a little traffic on the road, but there's no brakes. There's nothing I can do but keep going. I was thinking I could call for a Lyft or an Uber, but one, I do those once or twice a year. I don't like taking them. 
And what if they sent a small car that couldn't fit the bike in the back? Then I have to send another. I didn't know if I'd be able to order a pickup truck or an SUV. As I'm riding along really slow, I'm thinking, what are my options? Am I going to walk part of this? Am I going to rest, go in the trees and, and sleep for a bit? That would have to mean sleep until the next morning. I wasn't really sure what to do. And I thought maybe I could hitchhike. And so I mentioned this in my post that I said, I think I said something like, truth be told, I stuck my thumb out to hitch a ride. It's kind of an odd thing to do. I don't think hitchhiking is legal anymore. On the other hand, a 50-year-old guy with a bike clearly is not a danger. Now, I might be taking on some danger. I did have a mask, but then I'd be stuck in someone's car. Anyway, an SUV went by, an Audi, looked pretty upscale, late model. I half-heartedly stuck my thumb out, wondering what might happen. It went by. Had it been a pickup truck, I probably would have vigorously stuck my thumb out because a pickup, you can stick the stuff in the back. I could sit in the back and get a ride. And, you know, the whole way, as you get more and more, as I was getting more and more tired, I kept thinking, if I can just get to the GWB, to the George Washington Bridge, once I get across there, I can take the A train home because it goes straight from there to my place. I was just thinking if I could just get to the George Washington Bridge. Anyway, the SUV passes me. And at this point, I start feeling ashamed because I, I was giving up. I was prepared to go... 120 miles. I've gone 80 miles at this point, feeling pretty low. And I thought, I can't do this, meaning I can't hitch a ride. I have to try to keep going. So it's getting darker. It was somewhere around 75 or 80 miles. It's a long way to go. But just around there, there started showing signs 10 miles to the end of Route 9W. So bicycle Route 9, Route 9W, they're the same road, one's for cars, one's for bikes, at least at this part. There's a strategy when you're doing endurance things, just make it to the next tree, just make it to the next mile, just make it to the next milestone. And when you get to that thing, you say, okay, just make it a little bit more. And you can get yourself going pretty far, just going a little bit more. I've done this many times myself. My mind is thinking about many times I've done this. So when I hit that 10 mile marker and then the 9.5 mile and then the nine mile, I was thinking if I can just make it to the next half mile, if I can just make it to the next half mile, all I want to do is get to the George Washington Bridge. I remember at one point, there was a bridge that I was going to go under, like an underpass. At this point, the sun had not completely set, but it was really dark. And the bridge cast a shadow. There were no lights under the bridge lighting the road, but I could kind of see it was bumpy. I rode down and I just made peace with myself and had faith that this bike would handle it. And I went over these bumps and came out okay. Then as I got closer to the George Washington Bridge, the lights got brighter. It was more city-like. When I made it to the bridge... I crossed over, and at that point, I thought, I, all this time I'd been thinking, if I can just make it there, I can take the A train home. And then when I got out of Manhattan, I thought, there's no way, after going 90 miles, I'm going to take the train the rest of the way. Then I won't have made 100 miles, and to make 100 miles, I'd have to go another 90 again, albeit this was a pretty hilly route that I'd taken. Also, I knew that if I went down to the river, I could ride along the river and not have to deal with traffic lights. It would be flat. It wasn't that well lit, but I rode the rest of the, the, rest of the way home. Now, why is this relevant that I rode the rest of the way home? Partly because I'm glad that I made my 100 miles. But it also showed that when I stopped and stuck my thumb out, I'd given up. I'd given up not on something. I said to myself that I couldn't make it. So when I made it, that showed that I could make it. I did not have faith in myself. I gave up. I quit. When I tell the story, people are very encouraging. Oh, you made it 100 miles. Great. That's such an achievement. I did, and I usually go along with that story. Yeah, I did it. Pretty cool. I also quit. I gave up. People talk about how I have this discipline that other people don't have, which I don't. 
I practice it. I do all these burpees to develop it because if I didn't develop it, I wouldn't have it. So I guess I have the skill because I've developed it, but it's no more than anyone else has. I gave up. How I felt when I gave up, I've talked to friends about this. I felt ashamed, guilty for lying to myself. And when I made it, my accomplishment was bittersweet. Don't get me wrong. At 49 years old, not having ridden for a long time to ride 100 miles with hills, not knowing exactly the route, winging it as I was going with a heavy bike, that's an accomplishment. But I gave up. It reminds me of other times when this has happened. I did an episode a while back. I think the title was Bald or Plastic. When I was deciding if I was going to keep taking minoxidil, which is the generic name for Rogaine, which is a topical thing that men and I guess some women put on their scalp to keep their hair from receding. It was the main source of plastic in my house was buying that stuff. I'd gotten to where that was the biggest source of plastic. And was I going to live by my values about not using plastic or not? It seemed the benefit of I didn't want to go bald to last for a long time for a little bit of plastic. I mean, much less plastic than most people use. It seemed, well, I decided I wasn't sure about it. And so I did my usual decision-making stuff, which eventually means going to a coin toss because I was back and forth on this so much. And the coin landed whatever was tails or heads not to buy anymore. And I went to the store to buy it. I got lucky that I didn't buy it because the store didn't have the price that it said online and I wasn't going to pay the full price for it. This time I got lucky. Had that SUV stopped for me, I would have taken it home and I probably would have thought I couldn't make it. I had decided not to go. I got lucky that I didn't. I don't know if the weight of this is obvious to others. We misjudge sometimes. Obviously, we find ourselves unable sometimes to do what we intended to do. I thought it was going to be easy for me to do this. You know, riding at 10 miles per hour for 12 hours, 120 miles shouldn't be so bad because 10 miles per hour is pretty slow for a bike. It's just tough to face guilt and shame, fear, giving up and disappointment in oneself. And then to face that, there's what I did, which contrasts with my intent, which contrasts with playing along with people saying, oh, that's so great what you did, which makes me feel guilty for not sharing what actually happened. But then I don't want to go out of my way to say, oh, this is what actually happened and make a big story out of it. I get caught up in this tangle and that's where guilt comes in again. I talk a lot on this podcast about how people can do what I do go for years without flying, take over a year to fill up a load of garbage, things like that, picking up garbage off the street. I try to share how much joy it brings. Yes, joy in picking up other people's garbage. I'm guilty of not sharing the challenges that I go through to get there. I think people look at what I do and think, oh, you can do it, but I can't, which is what I would have said too. People somehow connect more with the flaws, with the challenges, with the fears and anxieties and I don't share them enough, and I think it makes my, what I do less accessible. It's so easy, especially when people reward the effort, to say, yeah, I'm glad I did that. I am glad I did it. But facing that giving up on myself, on something that within a couple hours later, I showed that I could do. And you know, when I got back to the Manhattan part, I was pretty tired. But you know, when, you get, when the end is in sight, you feel much better. So when I finished, I felt strong, only accentuating how gravely I misjudged in giving up. What other things have I given up on that I can do? Looking back and saying, oh, there's no way you could have done it, but actually I could have. And I don't, I guess I'm belaboring it now, but I had to share this. 